Hey everyone, today's guest is the brilliant and amazing Josh Gad, who you might know from the Book of Mormon, the voice of Olaf in Frozen 1 and 2, and a million other things. We were lucky Josh was able to fit us in between press commitments for his new HBO series, Avenue 5. Before we begin, I want to read a couple of your letters. The first is from Laura to Jerry, who we called with Tig Nataro, and here it is. I just finished listening to the episode with Tig and Jerry's situation sounded very similar to my own, only from the other side. I'm recently married to my complete opposite and we now have an extremely stable relationship, but for the longest time it was trial after trial. I am very introverted and often couldn't handle her boisterous personality. While she enjoyed our deeper conversations, she was mostly interested in gossip and more shallow topics that I couldn't stand. It didn't take me long to realize how different we were and how different she was from who I always imagined my perfect partner to be. As lonely as I was, at the time it was disheartening for me to think of settling for someone less than perfect. I liked her but we had innumerable differences and our fair share of personal growth to experience before I could see us as a long-term couple. After several rough patches over a few years, we split up and moved away, but we always inexplicably missed each other. After plenty of time spent as friends and a lot of personal growth, we decided to give it another chance. It wasn't until I took the time to love, understand, and appreciate her differences that I could find true interest, even though I used to think of us as temporary. Now that I have fully embraced our differences, I can't imagine a more interesting and fulfilling relationship. This isn't to say that Jerry should stay with him. It's up to his boyfriend to want to change and learn how they can embrace their differences and work together. But if anything can save the relationship, I'd say it's a genuine effort to understand and respect each other through open and honest communication. After all, it's our differences and unique experiences that make the world an interesting place to be. Best, Laura. Thank you so much, Laura. That is such great advice. I really believe that honest communication is one of the most important things in any relationship. It's also the answer to most relationship problems. And it feels so good to really know someone and let someone really know you. This next letter is from Taylor to Dana, who we called with Melissa Villasenor. Dana, I was in a relationship for eight years, and the same thing happened to me. I've got to tell you, it did not work out for me. No matter how hard I tried, and oh man, I did. It ended up causing so many more issues in our relationship than I could have ever imagined. If he doesn't get professional help or at least try to move forward with the problem in the bedroom, other problems will start to show up. I'm no professional, but a lot of the rage that started to stir within him came from the fact that he couldn't perform sexually and this caused a lot of unnecessary arguing and anger from his end. I tried to be his therapist, but that was the wrong move. He promised he'd seek help, but didn't. So just know and speak openly to him. You can't be the one to fix this issue. He has to do this willingly for himself. This is something that could really escalate. I hope the best for you guys, truly. Good luck. Love, Taylor. Thank you so much, Taylor. And thank you, dear listeners. I really love how much you care about each other. I love your honesty and vulnerability. I love your strength. I'm working on that too. Okay, and now here's Josh Gad. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Josh, would mm. you feel like reading mm-hmm. your own bio? 
But would I ever? But would you like to read it in a particular accent? Yeah, that'll make it more fun. All right, I'm going to let you choose between Australian mm-hmm. or Italian. Okay. Russian. What if I do a little bit of all? Okay. All right, we'll start off with Australian, I guess. Joshua Elon Gad is an actor, writer, and producer. He was born on February 23rd, 1981 in Hollywood, Florida. It was there that he got his start at performing in a high school musical theater. After graduation, he attended uh, Nova University <laughs> and then uh, Carnegie Mellon College of Fine Arts. Oh, my God, you're amazing. Uh, he won a Tony Award for his role <gasps> in, the, in The Book of Mormon. He is also known for his roles in Beauty and the Beast, The Wedding Ringer, and the voice of Olaf in Frozen. <laughs> That's really not That's very good. That's really good. Those are tremendously oh my bad gosh. accents. I can't believe you did that. I, that was incredible. I don't feel very good about my dialect. Oh I feel my like gosh. I've just insulted most of the world. <laughs> okay, Josh. Yes. What would your secondary profession be? If I weren't an actor? Yeah. It's a weird one. Can I guess? Yeah, please. Okay. Uh, is it in manufacturing? No. Okay. Does it require a college degree? No. Well, okay. uh, maybe. Okay. Does it involve international travel? Yes. Okay. You're not going to guess this. And, it, and it's only recently that I've discovered this, but I think I would have loved to have been an Imagineer. Like the people who build the rides at like Disney. Yeah. My obsession is recent because I just had the luxury of meeting the people who designed those rides and watching the documentary on Disney Plus about Imagineering and was like, this may be the coolest job in the world. I love that. I think I would have made a good lawyer. I actually almost went to law school. I love confrontation. Why? Just feels like it's fun. I also like the performance nature of a courtroom. Yeah. Both my brothers are lawyers, and so I feel like I should have probably. Wait, are your brothers older? Two older brothers. You have two older brothers, Mm -hmm. so you're the youngest one. And they're both lawyers? By eight years. Mom and dad had took a little break. Like nine years later, they're like, are we still into this? Were they kind to you, your older brothers? My middle brother was a real bastard to me. My parents got divorced when I was six, and my middle brother was still kind of living, overlapping in the house for two years before he went to college. And he was, I think, trying to be father figure in the house, since I didn't really have a father figure. The so middle one? The middle brother. Why? I don't know. He was... Josh, come on, man. Come on, you got to replace the toilet paper. Yeah, you, you're come six, on. man. You got to yeah. go shopping come and on. get toilet paper, man. You got to, like, do your homework, man. I actually used to hear one phrase over and over again. He used to look at me and he would say, don't patronize me. What was I doing that was patronizing at six? What's his name? Jeff. So here's what I imagine. Yes, tell me. Okay, you as Josh. Yes. Six years old. Okay, I'm glad I'm saying to Jeff. Did you guys have separate bedrooms? Yeah, we had separate bedrooms. Okay. Jeff comes into your room and he's like, yo, Josh. Yeah. What the fuck? Like. (laughs) Right. Come on, man. You got to like step up. Like, do you even know how to read? <laughs> what is he? Where is he from, my brother? What part of, what, regionally, where well, is his dialect? he's from Florida. <laughs> okay, it seems like a weird Floridian. Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> By way of Chicago. He would also say this to me all the time, but, which he would appreciate. He would say, I was never going to make it as an actor, that the average housekeeper made more than the average actor and he told me that if i was a fuck up in school because i didn't do really well in school at first he said that i was going to be the guy who put pimentos and olives 
And I, and I really believed That's for the really longest funny. time that there was a guy sure. responsible for putting pimentos individually in dollars. My brother used to tell me. How many siblings do you have? I just have an older brother. Okay. Uh, and he's like big and strong and he's a professor and I love him. I didn't see it going that way. Big and strong as adjectives leading into and he's a professor. Yeah. No, he used to say like, after I moved here, you are part of the most congratulatory industry that has ever been known wow. to man. What does he profess? Sociology. He's the fourth Ooh. generation sociologist and his specialty is... Fourth generation? So your father... And my grandfather and <gasps> my great-grandfather are all sociologists. Where does your lineage trace back to? That sociology oh, was like such a... I guess probably the idea of atheism. We were French Huguenots. I don't know. Wow. It's like I know. Your great-grandfather I have, a, I have an awesome guillotine. What? I should show it to you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a family heirloom that was passed down? Is it? No, no, no. I okay. built it with my uncle. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> I'll show unexpected. it to you later. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, welcome. Who doesn't have a guillotine? Thank you so much, Alan. Okay. Josh? Yes. How did you meet your wife? So I was kind of a loss in the woods, to borrow the title of a song from Frozen 2. I didn't know if I wanted to be in New York or L.A. after college. I'd graduated and we sort of like couldn't find my place. And a buddy of mine, Ryan Dixon, was directing production of David Ives all in the timing at like this small black box theater, unlike Santa Monica Theater Row, called The Elephant Asylum, which I don't even know if it's still there. He said, I want you to do this show. I was like, oh, fuck, where am I going to stay? He's like, stay with me. And I'm like, all right. So I did this show and met this woman who I was really deeply attracted to. We were at a table read for it. Okay. She was sitting there. I was with my best friend, Seth. And I was really drawn to her. And Why? I, I was drawn to her because one, she was just so beautiful. She had like such great presence. She was also like an amazing actor. And then she laughed and she sounded like Fran Drescher. And I'm like, I can't, I, I can't. No, I found that very unattractive. And she found me very unattractive because she thought I was an arrogant fuck, which she told me later on, <laughs> um, which tracks. And so I started to do rehearsals and we were cast as husband and wife. And I really like slowly just like slept, breathed, ate, dreamt of her. Like I was just like obsessed with her. Okay, but wait. found out that she had a boyfriend. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can I ask you something? Yes. When you describe this story mm -hmm. as it was slowly on your part. Yeah. I believe that you were instantly attracted to her. But and I was instantly attracted to her. Like I was instantly like, she's hot. But I fell in love with her during the course of this play. Okay. And I started like asking what her deal was. And she was in a relationship, like a five-year relationship. And I ended up trying to convince the director to put in a scene no. where we kissed each what? other. What? 
What? Yes. Which at the time sounds romantic, but now would be hashtag me too, probably. So I regret <laughs> it now. And the director was like, there's absolutely no reason for the two of you to kiss. And it actually goes against the text completely. <laughs> like, what? No. But I tried to do it. And... Wait, wait, wait. I, I, need, to, I need to hear. How did you text <laughs> I said to him, you? I was like, I looked at him and I'm like, you know, I feel like... The two of us, you know, we're husband and wife. And I think that like emotionally my character is going to die. And I think that like it would be nice if they just have an intimate moment together where they kiss each other and like you just see that love. And he's like, what are you talking about? No. So to make a long story short, she breaks up with With her boyfriend. boyfriend. Okay. We go out to see a concert. A friend who's performing in an all girl band. We ended up hooking up, kissing in a men's restroom at the Hard Rock. So she's like, I just need to go into the men's restroom. (laughs) I forget how we ended up in the men's restroom. It was a lot of alcohol. I remember leading us into the men's Mm -hmm. restroom. But that's when I learned that she was 29 and I was 23. Ooh, that's hot. And then she and I started dating and fell in love and have two kids and have been together for a long time. 89 years. 89 years today. I know, because I did my research. You're great I, at that. I'm, thank you. Thank you. You're yeah. great at that research and yeah. stuff. Okay, this is an odd transition. So but- far, there haven't been any that haven't <laughs> been odd, so I'm glad that we're keeping with the theme. But I was thinking today, before you came here, mm-hmm. about the idea of loneliness. Oh. And I was thinking about how most people, I think, are lonely. Right. And so I was thinking about that specifically with our industry, and I was thinking about you and performing on Broadway. I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. On, lo- on loneliness. Yeah. Is that, I know it's intimate. I'm no, 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 no. It's actually very topical because yesterday my daughter, my oldest daughter, Ava, who's nine, I dropped her off at a party and I just got in from New York City and she turned to me and she started bawling into my chest. And I said, are you okay? And she said, I just, I'm really going to miss you. Oh, and I said, God. well, baby, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going to pick you up later. And it, it just made me realize how much we have to sacrifice doing this profession because we're constantly having to go places, even if it's for a number of days. The psychology of my children now is that I could be gone for days or months. And we have chosen a lifestyle that is to never disrupt their structure, to never disrupt their social foundation, their relationships because of our choices. In other words, I don't just take my kids and bring them to wherever I am because they didn't sign up for it, right? That's not what they signed up for. It's what I signed up for. So I started thinking about loneliness, which I always confront when I'm away from my family, not only in terms of me, but in terms of what I'm doing to my kids. And it's really hard. Yeah. You're very fortunate. You get to shoot in LA, which I'm so jealous of. I don't get that luxury. And it makes me rethink a lot of the choices that I make because it's like, do I take a job if it's going to separate me from my kids. And and if I do, what are the benefits? What are the pros? What are the cons? I think anytime you're driven, it always separates you. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about what you're saying is it's not exclusive. You said the right word, drive. I'm reading a book right now about Thomas Edison. What did he do? Well, he invented all this, everything that we're using today. 
But like 90% of the book is about how his kids were basically afterthoughts, especially from his first marriage. They could never compete for his attention because he was always so devoted to his work and was always in the laboratory instead of being with them. Oh, I think that goes back to the fundamental of if you're so driven, then where is your energy going? Can you balance it with family and work? And I think you can, but I think it's it's hard. Josh? Yes. If you could invent something, mm-hmm. what would you Would you like? invent? Yes. Okay, are we saying if I could invent something that's already been invented or something that hasn't been invented? For me, something that hasn't been invented. Okay, I would invent... But I, wa- but I, I would, wanted to... Yes. I want you to give it to me for my birthday. Whatever this thing that I'm inventing is. I would like that. I sure would. When is your birthday? November 29th. I don't think it's possible. I don't think that I can achieve... Come on. One, I'm Just not a scientist. Dream, dream a big okay. dream. So theoretically, if I can have it done by your birthday, I would love to invent a Marty McFly style Back to the Future 2 hoverboard and like not like oh the BS hoverboard that people claim is a hoverboard right now, which doesn't hover and has a wheel. I want an actual hoverboard like the one I was promised in 1989. Wait, when that movie you came want out. it? I thought you were giving this to me. I want it so that I can gift wrap it and give it to you oh in gosh. November 2020 oh for your 20. 20- Seventh birthday. Thank you. Okay, here are some deal breakers. Okay. Imagine you're single, right? On the first date, she orders two dinners. You're telling me that's a deal breaker? I'm asking you. Is you're asking me? Yeah, one to eat there and one to go. One to eat there and one to go? Yes. Is that a deal breaker for you? Yes. That's a big deal breaker. Really? I'm questioning why she requires two meals. Like... Is she bringing it to like a vampire that she's harboring at home? Like what's, it's strange. It's just a strange thing to be like, hi, I'll take two dinners, one for me and one for an unspoken reason for after I'm done with you here. Okay, wait, we have to do a little. What? Improv. All right. All right. Let's do it. So you're Josh. If you want to be Josh. I'd like to. I mean, I'm comfortable in my. So here's where you're at. Okay. Have you been to the Sutton place? Oh, haven't we all? Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. You're going to have to think a little bit quickly on your feet about what movie you're shooting. Okay. Got it. And you're at the bar got at it. the Gerard Room, Sutton place. Okay. That's all you Oof. need to know. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Oh my God. That was the craziest <sighs> day. Oh my God. Wait a minute. Hey, yeah, that's so weird. You're in that show where it's like everybody Book like sings and da- Book of Mormon. Right, right. I didn't know you saw that the theater. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah that's it's it's crazy. Not, well, yeah. It's, I wouldn't call it crazy so much as it was a job that I did that felt very. That normal. is so cool, though. Thank you. So, what are you doing here in Vancouver? Well, well I'm shooting. You are? Yeah, that's what what are any of us always doing in Vancouver. (laughs) Oh my God, that's Uh, crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah. What are you shooting? I'm doing a live action reboot of The Rescuers. Down oh, Under, the sequel. Oh my gosh, that's Yeah, crazy. we feel like it lends itself Did more. Did you have to learn how to like scuba dive and stuff? Or No. Have you seen the movie? Rescue is Down Under? Yeah, it's the old Disney movie with the little mice. There's no like real scuba diving. That's cool. There's not even a scene that really lends that's itself so to cool. that. That's so cool. So wait, how, you do I, of James like, Bond, how do maybe? I become an actor? Right. I'm getting that vibe from you for sure. But also I really admire you. Thank you. Yeah, I really, really... Well, I respect you, too. So, what... Is there any way... Yeah, do you want... Yeah, no, go on, go on. Uh, Getting back to you being an actor, I would 
maybe think about other stuff too. I so appreciate your advice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. How did you handle your first teenage breakup? Oh, man. I handled being broken up with fairly well, I would think. When was the first, like, third grade? No. Fifth grade? Yes, fifth grade was the first time I ever dated, dated, whatever that means. Like, we were dropped did up. Did you kiss? We, we did kiss. My first That's, kiss. It feels crazy. My first kiss was at sleepaway camp. Ooh. Yeah, with a girl named Danielle. I wonder if she's listening to your podcast right Probably. now. Probably. I just want to apologize because I think I used way too much teeth at the time. And I didn't know what so I you know. you just banged teeth? It was a lot of mouth percussion. And now you're better at kissing? I think so. I, I hope so. It's less teeth, more tongue? Yes. It's a lot less teeth, a lot more tongue, and more passion. At the time, it was like a lot of breath support. Like I thought you may have to hold your breath and just bang teeth. And that was like the act of kissing. I'm impressed that at fifth grade, I didn't get my first kiss till I was 16. I remember the song too. The song that was playing of all songs yeah. was I Touch Myself by the Vinyls, which is a weird you song to play myself, for yeah, a bunch completely. of like, at, at like a Jewish oh sleepaway camp in the Blue Ridge Mountains. But that was the song that I was I touch myself. I want you to touch me. And, I, and at the time I was just like, oh, this is like a cool thing about somebody who really loves their body, but not realizing that it's a song about masturbation, like not really putting that together. Uh, that was my first kiss. Do you miss her? Danielle? Sure. Danielle, are you out there? <laughs> Can I ask you about an embarrassing moment, like on stage, if you yes. have one? Yes, I do have Really? One. Yes. I was on stage in the Book of Mormon, and I was very perturbed by an audience member, a celebrity, who was very ill-behaved in the audience, and I was getting fucking pissed watching them. I'm not going to mention names. They were in the show Entourage. And I'm not going to say who it was. It was the lead. Uh, and so I got really annoyed. And I yeah. and I was like thinking of like what I could do or what I could improv or what I could say. Yeah. And in doing that, I lost my train of thought. What was this person doing? I don't want to shame them. Right, I don't want right. to shame them. But, right, but, they were being, but they were being very like inappropriately distracting in the second row. And so I was just like, fuck this dude. Uh, it was a man. And I completely not only forgot the line, but I forgot the English language. The importance of this is that the line that I was supposed to say leads into a song. And without the line set up, the song cannot begin. And I don't know if you've ever had this moment where all you hear is like, <laughs> where like you just have like, symptoms of tinnitus in your ears but that's what happened and i literally people were shouting the line to me steven aremus in the pit the conductor was shouting the line at me i couldn't hear the stage manager was shouting the line from off stage i couldn't hear no finally i look at no. my co-star and i go what this is the brilliance of my improv skills what the fuck am i supposed to say is the only thing that i could think of now, you have to understand contextually, if you've seen the Book of Mormon, the person that I asked this to is an African villager who, for the purposes of the story of our show, cannot possibly answer that question and have it make sense. Oh, no. So that was the single most embarrassing, nightmarish experience of my stage career. Oh, man. That was rough. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, what is the trait that you most dislike in others? Oh, that's good. The trait that I most dislike in others is obstinance. Like, I think that we can all afford to learn. And I think that like social media specifically has made us all feel like experts in arenas that we're actually not experts. So a case oh, in point of this oh, is hmm. like, I will find myself in unnecessary battles trying to convince people of the existence of something like climate change. Right. To me, there's like this obstinance in that you know better than like experts that I find really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's your favorite smell? Mm. I love the ocean. I love the smell of the ocean. Mm. Do you remember that time that I walked outside and met your father and he looked at the hat that I'm wearing, which says Samantha with a question mark and thought it was a reference to one of your movies? That was my favorite moment of today. Like, I love, I love that proud moment. proud They are so proud. The fact that your dad had like a mental lexicon of the roles that you've played. My parents oh my God. barely know I'm Olaf. Like you're the snow guy. It's a snowman, technically, mom. They kind of know. Come they, on. They know. But like if I, if you were to put a gun to their heads and say, name the last five roles that your son played, they'd be dead. They'd be shot. No. Yeah, they wouldn't know. No. They just don't want to tell you. They're telling all their neighbors in Florida. Are they still in Florida? They're still in Florida. So they're like, oh, honey, we don't even know who you are because oh, don't get a big head anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like, ding dong. And like, oh, here's some muffins. And also, what can we tell you parents? about Josh? In this Josh weird universe has that you created, moved where my brother is from Chicago, Hollywood, and, and not like this Hollywood, but the other Hollywood, the bigger one, and, aristocrats. And I have to tell you, <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's I crazy. hate these character parents that you've created for me. They're so weird. Thank you for asking about Josh, but he is. He's, he is, he's doing great, and you won't even let me finish my routine. I'm responding to it because I'm really emotionally traumatized by this mother that I don't want at all. Oh my gosh. Well, the great thing about Josh is that he... I feel like you your know audience what? has learned so much about <laughs> me today, more than I think they've ever discovered in any interview I've ever done. I'm sorry. No. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Josh, yes. guess what we're doing? I have no clue. Okay, we are calling strangers. We're calling strangers. Yeah. Hello? Hi, is this Brittany? Hi, yeah. Hi, Brittany. It's Anna Ferris. Oh, hi, Anna. <laughs> hi, I'm here with Josh Gad. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Josh. So nice to talk to you. Good to talk to you, so too. Excited. <laughs> Will you tell us what's going on? Yes, definitely. I think I'll start with a little bit of backstory um, about my boyfriend and his daughter. When he was 20 years old, he received a phone call from a girl he'd dated previously for about two months saying that she was having a baby. She was in the hospital and he was one of three guys who was up to be her father. Hmm. So, of course, he did the DNA test. He got to be the lucky guy who is this beautiful little girl's dad. And now it's 11 years later and I'm in the picture. I'm kind of like the stepmom figure to his daughter. She is unbelievable. She's just smart and sassy and funny and she's just everything. She's my little best friend. Hmm. Huh. And I've just had this absolute joy and privilege of being in this role for her. And our relationship is just amazing and it gets stronger every day. Um, but there has been the negative factor in our lives of her mom, unfortunately. I guess the best way I can describe the situation is I'm really not sure if it's kind of like a jealousy thing or what the problem is. But basically what's been happening lately is her mom has said some really awful things about myself and my boyfriend and things that are very untrue. Mm -hmm. She has called the police and made allegations against us, which is completely crazy. She has actually come to me herself and said that I'm harassing her and mm -hmm. her family, which is completely untrue because I've never spoken to a single person in her family. And at the beginning, things were fine. I was really supportive to her. I was overly kind and I made myself very available to her. She has four kids with different dads. So mm. I know it's a hard situation for her. And I just always try to do my best for my boyfriend's daughter. So, you know, we took her to Disney for her 10th birthday and we take her to do stuff all the time and we have her 50% of the time. So we're just always busy and always spending a lot of time together and getting to know each other more and more. But as we develop this relationship, it almost becomes more and more negative on that side. So there's just a lot of awful things being said about myself and about my boyfriend and with the police involved. And it's just, gotten to a point now where I just don't know what to do to deal with it anymore. I've asked her to stop contacting me, which hmm. has kind of worked for about a month, but I know that it never really lasts with her. So I'm, I guess, kind of looking for some advice on the co-parenting side of things and how you develop that relationship with someone who doesn't really want to develop it back with you and just kind of wants to almost assassinate your character. Brittany, what does your boyfriend think about all of this whole scenario? I mean, it because it seems crazy. But what does he think? So when we started dating, he told me about her. And actually, his daughter also, like I said, oh, maybe I should meet your mom. And she said, no, I don't want you to meet her. Mm. And I said, why? And she said, because she ruins everything. Mm. And to me, I'm just like, okay, you're nine. Like, you're being dramatic. She can't be that bad. And my boyfriend said, like, no, it's been bad. Like, the custody stuff, everything has been really, really bad. And just, I've never encountered anybody like her before. Like, I don't have kids myself. I'm 32. I was single for like six years just working at my career. And that's basically what I focused my life on for a really long time is mm. just career. Mm. I got my job and my home. And, you know, I really developed who I was as a person. And he's very, very supportive of me and everything I do in my life. And he just tells me to kind of ignore it. But I'm kind of a person who wants people to like me. I want it to be peaceful. I want it to be happy. Like I come from parents who are split up and have step parents on both sides. And 
it's always been really loving and kind, even though my parents don't necessarily like each other. So I thought that that's what would develop, but just has not. This confrontation feels like it's between the two of you when there should be also the conversation of your boyfriend. I'm curious about how your boyfriend is dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. Because this shouldn't be on your shoulders, I don't think. I don't know. No, i you know, he was very, very involved. Like in the first six months or so that we were dating, I never spoke to her. I never saw her. Actually, the first time I saw her was picking his daughter up from school and she kind of ambushed me a little bit, but it was fine. Like, I think I almost shocked her with how kind I was to her. Her mm. face was like, I think she was expecting it to be more drama filled or something. But mm. my boyfriend is like the most supportive, wonderful man I've ever met in my life. Like he is Oh, he's amazing. But he told me from the beginning what it was like. And he said, you know, you can make your choice of what kind of relationship you want to have with her. He's like, for me, I just co-parent with her. And that is it because there's honestly no talking to her. And I've seen the way she speaks to him when it comes to like texting and stuff. She's really cruel, constantly telling him he doesn't know how to parent. Just these things that she throws out that are really awful. And then on top of that, she has called the police and reported him as a drug dealer. She called the police about a month ago and reported myself as a prostitute. <laughs> she like so I had to get interviewed by the police at two thirty in the morning. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, like it's crazy. And that's the thing for me that is so hard is if I was dealing with somebody that, you know, like one of my friends who I've seen, I've seen them jealous and I've seen them angry and I've seen, you know, women at that kind of state before, but I've never encountered anybody like her before. It's just it's above and beyond. It's above and beyond. She reported me once for kidnapping her daughter. Huh. I wasn't even in the same city as her daughter at the same time. I don't know what to do with it anymore. And I still just ignored those things. And I was like, just be nice always. And I constantly teach his daughter that if you're kind to people, at the end of the day, when you walk away from a situation, you have nothing to feel bad about. You have nothing to worry about. You were kind. You kept your head and you can keep your head up because of that. But I'm having a hard time now. Oh, gosh, I am so sorry. Of course you are. I hope that your partner has your back with this, although I do think that your future daughter, yeah. that her mom is clearly going through a lot. Yeah. And so how you guys negotiate those waters, I think that that's kind of, I don't know if it it should be your job. Is that crazy? No, that's kind of how I've been feeling. It sounds to me like you've gone above and beyond. And, you know, I think that you are providing this young lady with an incredible example of what affection and love should look like. Yeah. You know, I question some of the choices that her mom is making. I think for, from what I'm hearing, Anna's right that you have to navigate this with your boyfriend and see just how committed you guys are to maintaining a working relationship, obviously not with his daughter, which I think is incredibly important, it sounds like, for her well-being yeah. that you guys are in her life, but navigate this in terms of barriers that you put up with the mom. Because it, it sounds to me like she's trying intentionally to stir up trouble and based on what you said, has a history of doing so. Yeah. You know, I think that you guys have to decide just how much you want to wade into the craziness with her. Yeah. And put up potential barriers so that she doesn't necessarily have that access to you guys to get you constantly in trouble. For what reason? I, I don't know. Uh, that That's what I would say. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. You sound amazing, by the way. And you, I, I think that this this young lady is very lucky to have you in her life. It, it sounds like exactly the kind of figure that she needs. I appreciate that. I definitely work really hard to try and be good for her. And I try not to say, you know, awful things. And I don't want to ever speak poorly about her mom. That's not my intention. And like, I'm at a point now where the pair of them are just everything to me. And I want to spend my time and my, my life with them. But there's these threats almost, you know, like the police and stuff like that. And I've now told her, um, his daughter not to repeat the mean things that are said because, you know, her mom was calling me names, of course, and insulting my body and, you know, just mm. things that are so unnecessary. But there's little things like, you know, she told her daughter that she was going to make sure I lost my job, you know, because she knows that's how I provide. And she knows that that's what's important to me. And it's just these things that are really scary. And it's almost like bullying as an adult. I've had that in the workforce because I work in a kind of a male dominated industry, but I've never had it like this before and I, I'm never in trouble with the law so it's like really crazy for me oh gosh okay so wait Brittany so Jade will grow up and and she'll mm-hmm. understand things in a way yeah. that like she can't right now but the more important yeah. thing I think is keeping you safe and how your partner protects mm-hmm. you yeah he definitely does what he can because this does feel like this Yeah. Most recently, we actually, she's going through a custody battle with her youngest father right now. And I am actually in contact with his new fiance, who is amazing. Mm. Um, And she gave me some advice because obviously she's going through the same thing. And, you know, she does the same thing to her. So she said basically that her lawyer has warned her that once people tell her, like, leave me alone, that she has to. So that's basically what I did. I just wrote her a text and said, you know, like your lack of self-awareness and the hypocrisy in this situation and the way that you treat us and then expect to be treated by us. It's just not fair. And Mm -hmm. I need to take a step back. Like, please don't contact me. And she has left me alone. But this has happened before where she's left me alone for like a month or two. And then she comes back and it's like, oh, it's like, you know, nice. And it's, it's all friendly again. And, you know, how's Jade and stuff. And then it goes back to this craziness and it just never really stopped. So him and I have talked about it and he's like, you know, they've cut up kind of communication as well. Jade's about to be 11. So Um, Now she walks from the truck to her mom's, you know, like we do every pickup drop off because her mom doesn't drive. So Mm. she walks from the truck and we don't go up to the door at all. They only text if it has to do with Jade 
and it's very brief. There's no more like of the drama and the fighting that there used to be. So we're trying, but we know it's only a matter of time because right now she's distracted by another dad. Unfortunately, she doesn't have a job and this is what she likes to do Mm. is to find people to fight with. I just have never come across anyone like that before and I can tell her to leave me alone and I can block her. I mean, I blocked her on social media and stuff so that she can't contact me that way. But at some point here, I mean, Jade's going to graduate high school or get married and we're all going to have to kind of be together. And I don't know. I just wanted to ask a quick question about Jade's welfare and well-being. Yeah. Have you had an honest conversation with Jade about that household? Yeah, we have. Okay. And I think what I'm alluding to is, are you confident that she's safe in that space? No, I'm not. Okay. Then I think that that is a concern. It is. And I would say that, you know, you're you're incredibly strong and, and brave to recognize that there's an issue and to share that. And I think priority number one, because we're talking about an 11 year old, yeah. is that has to be brought to the proper attention. That's, I think, one of the hardest parts, though, is that we have done that. And the system just keeps putting her back into the situation, unfortunately. We have gone through that a few times now. And I'm very fortunate the company I work for offers free counseling. So I had Jaden counseling and stuff like that as well. And her welfare came up to Child Protective Services. But unfortunately, they just go and have a conversation with her mom and say, you know, like, you can't hit your children. You can't do this with your children. You need to supply this for your child. And they just basically tell her what she needs to do just to meet the bare minimums. And unfortunately, that's just, we have no control because there's four kids in that household and they don't seem to want to do much about it, unfortunately. This has been ongoing for months and months, but we're kind of at a point now where we're just trying to keep her as happy as possible until she is able to speak up for herself and I guess choose to be with us. But she's asked several times to, to her mom to come live with us, of course. So I don't know if maybe that's part of the jealousy, if that's part of the anger. Would you be open to that? To having her live with you? Oh, all the time. Yeah, I would love it. I mean, we right now live in separate houses, but I have a bedroom in my house that's dedicated to her and that she decorated and she put together. And right now we're in the process of buying another house for all of us to live in. And I couldn't feel any more strongly about her. I just love her so much. So. But it is definitely hard to send her back to that situation. And I've had a conversation with her mom trying to ask her to maybe be better in this way. Or like, you know, mm-hmm. Jade brought up to me that you keep calling her dad names. Like, can you maybe not? do that because it's really hurting her and she basically goes I don't know what you're talking about that didn't happen Jade's lying and that's just the end of the conversation unfortunately I feel like your boyfriend needs to kind of step up a little bit yeah here we've tried really hard no I'm sure I'm sure and I don't mean to put anything on him but this is his daughter. Yeah. There's an argument to be made for custody, by the way. I think Anna's right. I think that it sounds to me, and this is simply the court of public opinion, but in terms of a court of law, I think that with the facts that you've presented to us today, without being an expert, there's an argument to be made that Jade needs to move into a safer environment. And I would say that your boyfriend really needs to think hard and uh, thoroughly about Does he want to roll up his sleeves and does he want to take this on? Because it sounds to me like she's playing really weird games. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like there's a history of this, frankly, and that it feels of a, at least of a pattern that would be very compelling 
to the proper authorities to to see and hear. And I and I think not only for Jade's well being, but maybe every child in that household needs to get out of that place because well, yes, it, it's very unfair. Yeah. To me, it's also interesting too, Brittany, that you speak about these two other women, Jade mm-hmm. being a girl and your boyfriend's ex, mm-hmm. but without him. And I wonder how you sort of incorporate the idea of teamwork or something to protect all of your futures together and and to make sure that you all feel safe and Jade's mom feels safe and right now she's feeling crazy and it's not your responsibility to make her feel sane. No, and I have tried. No, of course. I I know. I believe it. But I don't think this should be about two women Mm -hmm. arguing together. Mm -hmm. This should be be also your boyfriend, yeah. your partner, yeah. like helping you handle these things because this shouldn't be like on your shoulders. Yeah. And I know I get a lot more worked up about it than he does. Like we know that the situation over there is obviously not what we can provide, but at the same time, she is following the minimum requirements of what she needs to do for her kids. Hmm. But we just know that when we have her 50% of the time, like we do stuff every single day. We try to make her happy. We give her everything she needs. Like we bought her, I mean, we live in Canada, so course uh, she needed new boots and a new coat this year and you know we buy her that stuff and we make sure that she's taken care of in that way Mm. and it makes me so happy to be able to do that for her I don't mind at all I think just sometimes it definitely feels like we're taking it all on together and and I don't feel like he pushes it on me or anything like that like he has told me multiple times like step back don't speak to her stay away from her you know I warned you what she was like and now you're seeing it I know you and I know you wanted to try and make it good but it just unfortunately it's been 10 or well it was you know eight and a half years before I came along of just terrible so he's like you know some they kind of go through lulls and oh Brittany so here's the thing I feel like I want your boyfriend to also have your back because your intentions are so good. I do think, though, that you might need to have like a really frank conversation with him. Yeah. Because this is like a fight between two ladies. And I wonder if he gets to check out. Yeah, he kind of does sometimes. There was actually a period of time where she stopped contacting him at all and would only contact me about things to do with Jade. I think she just found it easier to talk to me. And that was actually not so bad because I think it's been so much animosity over so many years. Like, it doesn't even matter what they say. Through Mm -hmm. a text, they always assume that they're being rude, which... For the most part, they probably are, to be fair. But I think with me, she had met me a few times in person. She knows that I'm not an aggressive person. Like, I'm pretty easygoing and I'm easy to talk to about things. And she also, I think, saw that she could push me around a little bit. So I think I kind of did it to myself because he told me, you know, like, you don't have to be talking to her. You know, like, she keeps reaching out to you, but we can tell her to reach out to me, you know, not you. And I was like, no, it's going fine. It's going great. And then all of a sudden, I was having the police called on me for mm. I don't know exactly what I did to make her angry but he really did tell me don't trust this like she's gonna do the old uh, you know bait and switch on you it's gonna be all fine and then all of a sudden it's just gonna change that's just what happens that's the pattern I've been doing it for nine ten years now and that's just the way it goes I so respect and appreciate you sharing all of this with us today and and yeah no kidding. And you are you Thank are you. an amazing young no lady kit for your patience yeah oh my god <laughs> It's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. Jade is very lucky. Thank you. I love you, Brittany. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. You. 
Josh, do you have a favorite joke? I don't. I'm not a joke guy. Uh, I wish I had a joke. Come on. I have like bad jokes, like dad jokes. Yeah, um, that's what I want. I want a dad joke. <laughs> my stepdad just told this to my kids. It's the worst. Why? I don't even know. No, I'm not doing this. Fine, up. fine. I love you. I love you too. Thank you, Josh, Thank you. so much for being here. You were amazing. You're I so appreciate it. 